What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 15. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Uh, Laura, 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 Laura. Andy, oh, Andy, Andy. Laura, Laura, Laura. <sighs> was... Andrew's moving in with me, guys. <laughs> That's disgusting. Was... <laughs> hey, hey, you don't jealous. be jelly. How am I going to explain that to my children? <laughs> it's fucking gross. I was down in Atlanta a couple days ago, spent a night with Laura and her man, Mark, and we had a great time, didn't we? We did. We had a lot of fun. Laura said, come to Wet Willie's. It's a <laughs> slushy place. Like, okay, sure. Go to Wet Willie's. I see Laura walks in. I swear to God, Elisa, just wait until you see her. She has this glow going on, this oh, home no. ownership. Man of my dreams glow. I, I even commented. I was like, Laura, you look beautiful. What? I don't recognize you. I mean, you've always been beautiful, but like, <laughs> there's just been this, this step up. You, you have this angelic glow about you now. Mm. And I was in awe. That's the pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Um, wow, the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be terrible. Um <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't sense anything different. Uh, as I put it to you at Wet Willies, sometimes I like to look like a human being. <laughs> and Elisa, you would not. First of all, I'm so happy that I met Mark before Elisa did. That just gives me <laughs> great you know pleasure. What? This is a very sore subject for me, and I'm not happy that we're leading the show with it. I told Laura... <laughs> I told Laura that she had to men in black you because I'm fucking, I'm not okay with this. I took a great video, actually, of Mark saying hi to Elisa. Oh, my God. And I I feel like I should just play it. What? Yeah. Andrew, I don't know if you remember what you said, but. Oh, I do. (laughs) No. We're going to play it right now. Listen out for Andrew's voice in the background, okay? have a great day i wake up okay i wake up sunday morning i have a few text messages from laura it starts out with just drunk andrew he's like <laughs> he's completely unaware of his own surroundings laura has what? her yeah laura has her phone like two inches from your face and you don't even know you're just like slurring things that make no sense and like what? he screams so- yeah you scream oh. something about beyonce being a bitch and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? The I was doing an impression video. of somebody we know. Yeah. He yeah, knew I he was, was being recorded. Yeah, yeah. The I was second, doing the impression oh, okay. of Kevin. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, the second video. I don't know if that's... I, I believe you, but I think that the slurring was a little too natural for, for that. But the second well, video is just Andrew just calling me a cunt. The entire video... <laughs> The entire okay. like minute long video was actually like, you fucking cunt. It's twelve fifty eight. You can still make it here. Oh and then my the, god! The third video, the the third video which Laura just tried to play is Mark being a normal human 
and saying, hi, Lisa, good to meet you. In the background, you hear Andrew screaming, call her a cunt. <laughs> First of all, I don't condone the use of that word, but I was in character. I was in character as our friend, uh, uh, well, my friend, probably not your friend, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'm. So, I forgot about those. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. It was hysterical. You know, it, it took the sting out of being ostracized that weekend. Oh, yeah. Good. I, I have to say those those drinks at Wet Willies. They they do these alcoholic slushy drinks. They were strong. That that first one was hitting me. Yeah. Fast. So I went in there and I was like, I hadn't been to one in a really long time. And I was like, I'm gonna get the peach one because I'm a Georgia peach. And I got like a quarter of the way into it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm drunk. Like, and I had to stop for a few minutes. I was like, mm, I don't want anybody to know. Like, I was a little bit wasty. Yeah. Yeah. And then we went to two gay bars. We went to 10 mm-hmm. and then Blake's next door. And those were good. I was now I had heard previously, I think, from Laura and others that Atlanta is actually very gay. But I was actually very shocked by just how yeah. gay it was like on the on the ride to Wet Willies, we passed no less than five or six obviously gay places. And it's not like they were concentrated in one area. They were spread out over a few miles. So that mm-hmm. was nice to see. The A is down with the gay. Laura also commented to me. I said to her, you know, when I was driving over to Wet Willies, I, I, I noticed that it's, you know, it's you're in the city and then suddenly you're just in the woods. And she's like, yeah, you know, we're we're a forest. We're a city in the forest. I was like, oh, that's actually really poetic. That's what Atlanta gets called all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My dog's being oh, your, your dog likes it, too. Yeah. And then uh, then I had a few private moments with Mark and uh, I said some things to him about Laura. Oh, boy. I want to hear yeah. this. I gave him a couple warnings, couple warnings. And uh, do you uh, care to elaborate? I think I have a right to know. <laughs> well, Laura went into the bathroom and that was my few moments with Mark and alone with Mark. And oh no, I, I'm just kidding. I didn't say anything mean, but I did say Laura's a keeper and to not let her go. That's gross. And I said, she means everything to me. And then we hugged and took a you photo. <laughs> I didn't say that part, but I spoke very, very highly of you while we were one on one. So I think I did my part in making this relationship work. Oh, did you guys really take a picture together? No, I was okay. I was making the Bruce Springsteen meet and greet. Joke. Oh, oh, you mean oh. everything to me? Well, I already <laughs> knew that I meant everything to you, Andrew. You were crying when I left you that evening. Oh, I, uh, this is something I forgot until I saw Laura's tweet the next morning. I, I dry humped her right before she left. <laughs> Our listeners really enjoyed that. That got a lot of likes on Twitter. It did. It did. It made me feel like I was actually internet famous again. Um, it was nice to like have that moment of just like hollow ecstasy in front of my iPhone, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was a fun night. And I, I really do like Atlanta. It was a nice time. Mm-hmm. You should move down here. He's going to come yeah. visit me once I get my house. And I've already told Elisa and Elisa's man that they have to come and we're all going to do it at Mm -hmm. the same time. We're going to get Matt to come out, too. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a big party. I don't know if Andrew should be allowed that time because he's already been there. He's already got one (laughs) under his cap. And I feel like this is my time to shine. So jealous. So jealous, man. I actually I suggested to Laura that maybe my trip and your trip overlap a little bit. Like we don't have to be there at the same exact time, but maybe, you know, we can share a day. No, no. no Cause okay. that way I can like, you know, be the big spoon for both of you without either one knowing about it. That would be nice. That'd yeah. Be very thoughtful. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to like create drama, you know? And then at the end of the night, Laura um, and Mark went and it was late. So I understood. I think Laura was afraid I was going to give her shit for this, but I I, I was. I, I mentioned this because we were at Blake's. It's like one a.m. or something, and then Laura and Mark leave, and I'm like, "All right, this is my chance." <laughs> <laughs> Solo at the gay bar, I'm going to meet a man. Well, I walked to the bar, I got my check, and then I ran away immediately. <laughs> I can't do it solo. I need a wingman. 
Yeah. So like I was, you know, I felt really bad about leaving you. And I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I don't want to like be that asshole that leaves their friend alone and drunk at a bar. And you were like, no, 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 it's fine. And I was like, okay, I want to have sex anyway. So bye. <laughs> and you were, wait, wait, wait. You had sex that night? Yeah. Oh my. Okay. That's bullshit. I'm there one night and you can't resist having sex for one night to well, spend I more mean, time with me no once we got home we did if you had told yeah. me if you had told me you wanted me to stay i would have stared oh but you were like oh i'm so tired i've been up since 3 a.m i'm gonna go straight to bed blah blah blah, I mean, blah, blah. My she, so she would have stayed and then they would have boned in the bathroom That's <laughs> she, she was getting her jollies off one way or the other yeah uh, i mean mm, i just okay. didn't i don't know if you were ready for it andrew it's it's All intense right. While I was standing at the bar waiting for the check because it was, it was busy, I was I was really like hoping that somebody would come up to me and try to try to engage because I can't do that. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's been a while, but I think I learned that night that I really do need a wingman. Next I was time. trying. Do you not remember when we were at ten and I was like, "Look at that group of guys. I'm gonna go over there to them. I'm gonna lean in and be like, okay, don't look now, but right over there by the bar." <laughs> is andrew sims <laughs> she literally said this at the bar and i was saying i was thinking to myself yeah and what the fuck is that gonna do that's not gonna help anything from hypable <laughs> <laughs> and i'm laura by the way from millennial yeah i mean anyway, whatever time. no big deal kind of a big deal <laughs> <laughs> time mark was very very nice he was oh, fun to talk to i'm and... so glad you guys got along he thought you were really nice too yeah oh my and they these two they couldn't oh, keep yeah. their hands off each other the whole time we're rubbing each other's arms and legs and hands and holding each other wanted to vomit it's okay Gross. i i uh, want to vomit I, right now yeah when i realize <laughs> that stuff is happening i want to vomit too so i'm right there with you i just you like, don't even know it's happening though because it's no, so natural i know and i you know what and we're fucking disgusting yeah. We deserve that critique. Yeah, but but you're happy, so I guess yeah. we're happy too. Uh, I'm happy. You're happy. not really. <laughs> so speaking of happiness, uh, another happy subject. You just finished Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, um, and the only happy thing about it is that I finished it. <laughs> um, oh, didn't end well. Uh, no, no, it didn't. Uh. So we talked about the show a little bit last week or the week before, and I initially, after the first few episodes, walked away with a very positive impression of it. However, after seeing the rest of the show, I've walked away disliking it quite a bit and feeling like it's problematic um, because... And for those of you who don't want to be spoiled or who might find any of these descriptions triggering, I would recommend fast forwarding like through the next three minutes or so. Um, I had a real problem with the fact that the show glorified suicide, like it turned it into like a revenge tactic, like I'm going to get back at all them by killing myself, hmm. you know, and it's yeah. and it, it kind of. It glorified it in a way by making it seem, you know, tragic and romanticized and just it was ew, it was it was very uncomfortable. And then what really got me was the suicide scene. It was so graphic and so realistic. I almost threw up. Like, yeah, I, I'm, not, hard to watch. I, I am not the kind of person who covers my eyes during movies and TV shows. I found it physically difficult to keep my eyes on the screen during this. And I get that that's what they were going for, that they were trying to send the message that it's not the easy way out and that it's off, you know, that it's traumatic, you know, it's there's a lot of trauma associated with it and it can be violent and um. But I don't know. They had a lot of experts advising them on the show, telling them, don't depict the suicide. Oh, really? Yes. And they did it anyway, because the yeah. experts were saying that doing that could actually push somebody who is considering suicide over the edge. Yeah. 
And it wasn't like it was, it was sort of like alluded to or anything like that. I mean, you literally watched her slit her wrists and it was fucking terrible. And I just walked away from it being like, this, this show is all about blaming other people for suicide, which is absolutely the wrong thing to do. You don't blame people for somebody committing suicide and just totally romanticizing the concept of it. And I just, mm. so yeah, I, I'm not a fan. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. And I think we should know it. And maybe, maybe you said this at the start, but you did like it until, until how they wrapped it up. Yeah. Well, right? I liked it for the first few episodes because it started out being kind of mysterious and it was, it had already been established that this girl had killed herself and we were, watching the people around her deal with her death and try to put the pieces together of what happened to her and what led her to this point. But eventually she ended up being in the show so much that they didn't even feel like flashbacks. You know what I mean? Like it felt like, oh, okay, we're watching her go through this in real time. So it kind of, for me, lost the punch, right? Because, like, in the first few episodes when she wasn't in the show quite as frequently, it packed a lot of punch when she came on screen. But then later on, she's, like, in every other scene, and you're like, okay, well, you know, they they kind of gave away too much. Yeah, I, you know, I've had hesitations about watching this because I keep hearing about how sad it is, and now I definitely don't want to watch because, like, what... <sighs> I don't want to be sad watching this and I don't want to see somebody kill themselves. Yeah, it's I didn't like I knew that the suicide was going to be depicted in some way, but I had no idea how directly it was going to be done. And just now. All right. Well, that's too bad. I I, that said, I know a lot of people did like it start to finish, uh, but I can definitely see why you were disappointed by it yeah definitely speaking of other disappointments um (laughs) i wanted to briefly talk about this we've all heard about it this unicorn frappuccino at starbucks has really taken over the internet uh it's it's been hard to avoid it everybody feels compelled to instagram facebook tweet etc this new drink from starbucks that looks like it's unicorn blood it's like pink and blue and it's really pretty i actually did see it in person when the baristas at my starbucks were testing it before they launched it and uh it was striking but it just it it i never thought a drink could like go viral but this has gone viral for some reason everybody really wants to not only try it but then take a picture of it and post it on social media like it's some sort of accomplishment well, that's that's the thing. Everyone loves to hate on this unicorn frap, but this is like Frankenstein's monster. Like we created this. The reason that this thing has gone viral and people are like shitting on it and 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 whatever else is because of this trend of going to fucking hipster fancy fucking coffee shops and taking pictures of all the hipster fucked up food and drinks that you're that you're drinking and like oh look at me i bought a 20 dollar fucking latte and like you post that to instagram filter the shit out of it and like now like your mommy loves you a little more and like that's that's like the that's like the thing and that this is the result of that this is the result is that we get starbucks trying to play that game they're just trying to keep up like they're not they're not hipster at all anymore they're the most mainstream fucking coffee place in the world and so what are they gonna do how do they compete with that 20 dollar latte and like this is how like they create something that you really just are compelled to take a picture of and put on instagram and fucking a it worked can we talk about how there's no actual coffee in this drink yeah but i mean sometimes you go for other drinks there like a tea no. Or frappuccinos have existed there for a while. Yeah, but fraps often have coffee in them. Yeah. At least a small amount, like a smidgen. But like, this is like sour mango with, you know, unicorn jizz all over it. It's just, <laughs> it's no. It just, it looks like, it looks like the the old commercials, you know, with the guy that like has the face like a walrus 
And he's like, mm-hmm. when you have diabetes. <laughs> um, and actually, somebody made like an image out of that. They took a unicorn <laughs> holding the frap and photoshopped his face onto it. It's brilliant. Oh, man. <laughs> so I actually tried to order one of these. Now, here's the thing. I was not going to walk into the store, walk up to the register and go, one unicorn frappuccino, please. (laughs) So instead, I was going to use the Starbucks app to order so I can just run in really quick, hide my head, pick it up and run out. But it's sold out at my local freaking Starbucks. And I know that this is the case at many Starbucks. I don't know what special ingredients they're putting in this that makes it hard to come by. But you know what? Now that it's hard to get, I kind of want it more. And I know this is a technique, like with Apple and and uh, Snapchat, those glasses, they make things hard to get, and then people want them more. I've fallen for it. It's supply yeah. and demand. Yep. I just tried four Starbucks, all sold out of this damn drink. Unbelievable. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know what this means? They're going to keep doing weird-ass drinks. Different of colors, mm-hmm. different patterns. Of course. We are our own worst enemy. This is, we, we, <laughs> every time BuzzFeed shits out another article about the stupid fucking Frappuccino, we are, the, yeah. it, they are subjecting the human race to five more of these in the next year. Yeah. The, uh, speaking of BuzzFeed, I saw they did this article about the unicorn Frappuccino today, and I rolled my eyes. This woman created unicorn Frappuccino hair, and it looks delicious. Ugh. BuzzFeed. What? This woman is not the first woman to use these two colors in her fucking hair. Get the hell over it. Jesus. Oh, my God. <sighs> Man. It's the new dress. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess mean, so. You know, props to Starbucks, I guess. They, 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 I guess they didn't probably know this no. was going to happen, but they, no, they... They totally did. They're playing us like a fiddle, and everyone's just dancing along. I just and by the way, while we're on the subject of Starbucks drinks, nobody should be ordering these fancy ass expensive drinks because guess what? They're loaded with disgusting calories and disgusting sugar. If you go Mm -hmm. to Starbucks, you order coffee, regular old coffee and be like Andy. Don't put sugar in it. Put nonfat milk in it. It might suck the first couple times, but you'll get used to it. And then five years later, you'll be drinking it no problem and you'll be healthy. Just like anal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's done wonders for my colon. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, it's time for a little bit of news. This first story, it's it's really close to us here at Millennial. Uh, Our theme song. Let's listen to the beginning again just to refresh ourselves. Live to tape. Live to Tape was inspired by Bill O'Reilly's iconic freakout on the set of Inside Edition a while ago. This is well over a decade ago, maybe two decades ago at this point. The, take, the tape leaked around 2007, 2008. Let's listen to a little bit of it again. This is Bill O'Reilly filming the end of a program he hosted at the time, Inside Edition. In the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go, go. In five. Four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is at... Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it, and we'll do it live! (laughs) Fucking thing sucks! Again... (laughs) Five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. And then they cut to a wide shot, and you see Bill ripping off his microphone and jacket, <laughs> slamming his pen on the desk, throwing his chair. It's amazing. Uh, I, the, my favorite part in retrospect about that is when Bill's like, fuck it, I'll do it live. The the guy like the the producer he's like he just he just starts counting down five four three no I'll fucking do it live all right Bill five four and he just keeps going he just makes him do it yeah so Bill O'Reilly has been kicked out of Fox News 
after several women came forward and it, and it became known thanks to a report in the New York Times that he had he and Fox News had spent 13 million dollars to settle lawsuits which alleged that Bill O'Reilly sexually harassed at least five women. Um, now you all remember may remember that last year the owner of Fox News, Roger Ailes, was kicked out for the same thing. So it, Bill O'Reilly was even was an even bigger deal because he is the face of Fox News. He's had that 8 p.m. show, I believe it is, the O'Reilly Factor for the longest time. I think uh, 20, 21 years now. So it was a huge deal to see him go because it's risky for Fox News to dump him. But they decided they had to because this guy has done really terrible things at the network. Well, let's clarify. They didn't dump him because of harassing women. They dumped him because all of his advertisers started pulling ads from his time slot. And they right. were getting and financial pressure that way. Let's be clear about one thing. Fox News did, got, did not get rid of Bill O'Reilly because they care about women. They did it because they care about their bottom line. This is true. And like I said, it all came to light because of this New York Times report. That's mm-hmm. when this all started. So props to uh, New York Times for uncovering this and props to these advertisers for pulling out. No pun intended. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Something O'Reilly knows about well. Uh, and then as of today, the day that we're recording the show, uh, Sean Hannity Another Fox News personality is also facing sexual harassment accusations. As of this point, we don't know a whole lot about them, except for the fact that he is, of course, denying them. Uh, But Mm -hmm. we're going to keep an eye on that as the days go on, because it's nice to watch the implosion of Fox News hosts. Yeah. Bill O'Reilly, Roger Ailes, then uh, Greta left, Megyn Kelly left. There's one other woman who left because of how Fox News mm-hmm. handles sexual harassment. Well, and looking at like the fact that you now have two pretty well confirmed cases with Ailes and O'Reilly, and then this possible third one with Hannity, how do you not draw the conclusion that there's some sort of systemic cultural problem at Fox News? Yeah. yeah. It's no, it's it's absolutely terrible. And it looks like things may change now too mm-hmm. late, but it looks like things are going to change now. I was I don't know if you guys saw the interview with um, Kirsten Powers on CNN about this. She's a really well-known political pundit. She was a Democratic Party staff assistant on the Clinton Gore campaign and she's just made a name for herself um, commenting on you know politics and she worked with bill o'reilly i think it was probably close to gosh seven or eight years ago at this point but anderson cooper on cnn interviewed her about bill o'reilly and her experience on fox and her her account was really damning and she said that she said that that bill would um, Bill would make snide comments about, um, you know, uh, her appearance and try and hit on her a lot throughout throughout the shows. And when she brought it up to Fox News executives, they all said, "Yeah, we know he's an asshole," and they apologized to her, but w- refused to talk to Bill O'Reilly about it. They said, "No, listen, trust me, it's not worth it. This is just how Bill is." I mean, you know, like like you guys were saying, he's he is the face of Fox News. They weren't gonna, you know, they weren't gonna try and tumble with him over something like this. So, I think I thought it was an important interview though because she is so well known. She has a name. She she has a name for herself. She's a really credible figure. She's been around for gosh over a decade at this point. And unfortunately, in cases like this, victims of sexual harassment are very rarely believed. But after she gave her interview, you know, backing up uh, the five women who've come out saying that they were sexually harassed, people suddenly seem to, to, to change their tune. So I think that um, it's just proof that, like, the more people that come out, the better when, it, when something like this happens, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. just the more people, the better, because it's you can someone can say, oh, one person's lying. Maybe two people are lying. 
when five people and, you know, a really credible journalist and political reporter comes out and says this happened to them, it's really hard to turn a blind eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not to mention, like, these accusations keep coming out and Ailes and O'Reilly keep going, oh, no, it's so not true. It's so not true. Then why did you settle? Then why did you spend millions upon millions of dollars to get these people to go away? <laughs> Because it really happened. Yeah, and actually, as their hero, Donald Trump says, if you have nothing to hide, you shouldn't settle. Right. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Trump really knows how to pick them. Just a couple weeks ago, he was like, oh, Bill O'Reilly, I don't think he did anything wrong. He's a good guy. (laughs) Two weeks later. Bye, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, straight from the mouth of the pussy grabber. Yep, yep. Yeah, sexual harassers stick together. It's a band of thieves. (laughs) I just unfortunately to to Laura to Laura's point though I think the probably the biggest takeaway like with stories like this a lot of a lot of it is is sensationalized to be you know sort of palace intrigue ooh what happened behind the scenes who was saying what but if you want to take a step back from that and actually learn a lesson from awful controversies like this maybe the lesson here should be that corporate social responsibility matters and if you want to see change whether that's in media outlets or in politics or just anywhere like follow the money like if that's if that's what if if you're after whether it's getting you know a sexual harasser fired or whatever the case is sometimes sometimes it's not the most effective thing to try and like go at them directly and report them to their supervisor and whatever else. Like maybe, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to follow the money and, and, and realize that that's always going to be a company's weak point. And you should hold advertisers responsible for the shows in which they advertise. Agreed. So y'all remember Brexit, right? I do. Not too distant in the past. How do you feel about a potential Frexit? Ooh, that's a fun word. Yes. Frexit like or Fremain, I think the hashtags <laughs> would be. So uh, you guys might remember a couple years ago, we tried to talk about Canadian elections and we failed spectacularly. Uh, so we're going to try and talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, French presidential election runoff on May 7th. Uh, and we're probably going to fail, like, equally spectacularly. Probably worse, because this is France, right? And, like, the French are just inherently better than us. We we know this. Suck up to them before you let them down. I see what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yesterday, uh, they the two candidates that came out of their, I guess, first election uh, were Marine Le Pen, uh, which was not a surprise, and then the centrist, Emmanuel... I'm going to fuck up all these names. I'm so sorry. Macron, I think is how you say it. Um, Sounds right. Yeah, I just get getting there. Um, I may or may not have practiced these pronunciations a little bit today because <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a jackass. Um, but the the real surprising takeaway here is that both of these candidates that are going to go head to head on May 7th, they are both political outsiders, and not only are they outsiders, they come from parties that have never won an election. Mm. Another thing anything that, goes yeah. in politics these days, guys. Yeah. Anything fucking goes. Anything. And I'm not trying to draw too many comparisons here. So we have these two, right? We have we have the far right crazy person, Marine Le Pen, who like wants to leave the European Union. And then we have the centrist, Macron, who like nobody really knows what he believes. Uh, nobody's found a private email server yet. So like jury's out on that one. But then then there's this liberal populist candidate uh, named Milanchon who lost, but his supporters are crying foul and threatening to write in or not vote. Does this sound oh. fucking familiar? Anybody? <laughs> I, I, who would do that? <laughs> I am so glad that's happening in France. I know. <laughs> Did we learn nothing? No. 
We've learned nothing. But I did want to talk about a little bit about why we should care about the French election. Um, and I think the reason is that we're seeing a lot of similar themes emerging in France as we have in our own fractured politics happening here in the U.S. and, and quite frankly, in the West in general. Um, so looking at these candidates... And looking at the sort of cornerstones of their campaigns, Le Pen is nationalist and she's anti-European Union. Uh, one of the cornerstones of her campaign is removing France from the European Union, which should be interesting because from what I understand, France's constitution establishes it as part of the European Union because it's a founding member. So I think Lols. it's technically illegal for them to do that, but whatever. Um She herself, not even two years ago, compared Muslim immigrants in France to the German occupation during World War II. Okay. And to be fair, to be fair, she has tried to soften her rhetoric in the last couple of years. (laughs) But I just don't know how you come back from that. I mean, she she certainly seems a bit more poised than our own citrusy fucklord on this side of the pond. But the part of the problem is, too, she's part of the National Front Party. Uh, and up until today, actually, she was the leader. She stepped down today so that she can run as an independent for president. Um, her father founded this party and her father was notoriously anti-Semitic and said that gas chambers in the Holocaust were, quote, a detail of history. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is great, guys. Um. She also is saying that she's going to deport all undocumented immigrants. Uh, next thing you know, France is going to be building a wall and the Muslims will pay for it. Yeah. So, yeah sounds a lot know. like Trump. Yeah. Um, I think probably a more polished, better educated version of Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, to me personally, I think this is scary. If for no other reason than if you keep having members of the European Union leave... It's going to destabilize not only the EU, but the world market, especially if oh. you have a founding country like France leave. Yeah. Yeah. And these margins oh, yeah. were so narrow. I mean, she so like Macron came out like, I think, a little bit above a percentage point ahead of her. Mind you, they were both around the 25% range. So that's like 75% yeah. of the country that disagrees with both of them. So there's no telling what's going to happen. But here's what scares me. And here's why I'm going to caution our French brothers and sisters not to fuck up like we did, because right now all the polls are saying that Le Pen is not going to win. They told so us that too. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, don't get comfortable, in other words. Seriously, like, learn from our mistake. Don't like it was really awesome when France was like, hey, the American Revolution is a great idea. Let's do it. But not this one. Not this yeah, one. These are not footsteps you want to follow in. No. All right. This needs to be like that fucking Jesus poem. There's only one footsteps in the sand and like no one's no one fucking carried us. We just it's it's really this is this scares me because in my opinion, if if Le Pen wins and and they, she's successful in separating France from the European Union. I think that that's the end of the European experiment. I think that's it. I don't think that destabilizes it. I don't think that it's going to be a little rough for a while. I think it's done. I think it's only a matter of time before it's done. We already had UK leave and have France, a founding member, if they were to leave, I think that that would just be, that would start the domino effect. You know, you can kind of deal with, like, the UK, which never really adopted the euro anyway. They kind of had this really special deal carved out for them with the EU. So not to say it wasn't a big blow, but the the European Union experiment can rebound from that because it was the UK. They were never fans in the first place. But for France to do it, oh, God, like, that's it. I think the EU is done. I think, I think not the countries, obviously, but, like, the union, I think, is done. And, like, Le Pen also, Laura, like, you were talking about all that shitty stuff that that she has said. I think I also read that she is against, like, all 
manner of of religious paraphernalia mm-hmm. being displayed in public. Yeah. So, for instance, like obviously, this is targeted mostly towards Muslim women um, who might want to cover their heads or their faces, but. Also, she's extended it to Christians wearing crosses, um, any or, or yarmulkes. If if Jewish men want to wear yarmulkes, she's extended that to sort of like all religious face, and that concerns me. And she can, and that should frighten the people of France because France is like the fucking home of the Enlightenment. And as someone who like, I've always admired French philosophy because they really sparked the enlightenment philosophy that allowed you know the united states to have a foothold like all of their their philosophy dating back hundreds of years has been very open arms we're like for like equality and having open minds separation of church and state like they really kind of spearheaded all of those liberal ideas that our constitution and bill of rights were based on so for them to have a front runner, or one front runner, who just so blatantly wants to renege on everything that French philosophy and French politics has stood for for hundreds of years, should even if she doesn't win, be a really frightening harbinger of where France is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to what I was saying earlier, I think just about the Western world in general, we're, you know, it's not just the US and England and France. This isn't an isolated thing. This is happening everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. The rise in populism and nationalism is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And what what gets me is I was listening to NPR today and they were talking about how young people in France were not necessarily going left when they voted. A lot of them voted for Le Pen. And it was the same thing that happened here. We never imagined in a million years that millennials would vote for Trump. And yet it ended up being almost a 50-50 split for people in our age group. Because like you said at the beginning, change is hot right now. Outsiders are Mm -hmm. hot. Want to roll the dice for some reason. It's just... I I I don't know. There's so much... There are so many theories out there for why that that is true, for why young people are somehow willing to vote against their interests. But the one that maybe makes any kind of sense to me is just that like young people really get the shit end of the stick these days. Like we've talked about this a lot, even on this show, trying to buy a house is all but impossible unless you have dual incomes. Even then it's really fucking hard, but like, you know, the generation before us, you only had to have one parent working and the other one could be stay at home and they could afford fucking four bedroom house in the water. And there's, there's this whole like economic struggle, I think. And it's a lot. And, and because of the economic struggle, people kind of want people like Le Pen want to look to scapegoats like Muslim immigrants, because frankly, it's easier to have scapegoats than solutions. It's easier to like point your finger at a trend or whatever than it's actually develop policy. So I don't know. I feel like young people need to sort of see that they're having the wool pulled over their eyes in this regard, that, sh- that they're just a pawn in her like power play. And don't forget to further everyone's anxiety. Germany's having a big election later this year. And Merkel's ass is on the line. We've already heard reports that Russia's might be trying to mess with that one too. So, so good times. And 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 Germany is like Germany is keeping the fucking EU together. Yeah, exactly. They they bankroll any time that a country like Greece, for instance, falls into financial turmoil. Germany bankrolls that shit. They're the ones keeping the EU together from a financial perspective, for the most part. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's scary too, but I just, I don't know. I, I really wish that, I just really wish that someone would be better than us for once. Like, (laughs) I really, I know that's such an unfair thing to to ask because (laughs) we're America. We just voted in Donald fucking Trump to run the free world. We have no room to talk. 
No. <laughs> Not any other country's shortcomings. But I just still want them to save us. Save us from ourselves. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those years. To, <laughs> to paraphrase Miley Cyrus. Uh, let's move on to some news. Maybe we can all use this as inspiration. An Oregon man died peacefully earlier this month after falsely being told President Donald Trump had been impeached. Impeached. <laughs> Michael Garland Elliott died, quote, peacefully April 6th after his ex-wife and best friend, Teresa, informed him that Donald Trump had been impeached. <laughs> it said in his obituary. <laughs> Those were some of the last words he heard. And uh, according to uh, people who were there, he looked peaceful once he heard that news. So... I, I if I was on my deathbed, I think I would want to hear that too. I think that'd be a pretty really? nice way to go out. Yeah. You don't you don't want to hear that you that you made an impact on the world or that you know. No. I want to know that the, the, the Laura what? Laura caught that STD you've been trying to give her for ten years. <laughs> I did. I caught it like, like that's six not years ago. What you want to hear? <laughs> No, I think it would be nice to hear that things are slowly being corrected, that if Donald Trump's out, I mean, that would probably mean Pence is in, but hey, it's a a step forward. At least somebody who can speak is now the president. So this story (laughs) went viral because it's just so hilarious. (laughs) I mean, poor guy. (laughs) What would you guys like to hear? That guy has the best deal in the world. Right now, he's like totally at peace believing that that the world is correcting itself, like you said. Yeah. But, well, but I don't he's think he's to. believing anything. He's dead. Oh, here we go. What would you, what would both of you ladies like to hear? Final moments. Elisa, mm. Laura takes your hand and vice versa as you draw your last <laughs> breaths. And... Each of you whisper uh, something into each other's ears. What is it? What's that final thing to make sure they die peacefully? Oh, God. Ooh, this is tricky. I think <laughs> I think for Elisa, I would lean in and go, Jefferson lives. <laughs> <laughs> he has well risen. Done. <laughs> well fucking done. Yeah, I I, I can't top that one. Um, (laughs) Better fucking try, bitch. Uh, I I would just, I would like a guest list of people at my funeral. (laughs) Like, before I die, I want to know exactly everyone who's going to be there and who's not. So Mm -hmm. I can hold grudges as I enter heaven or hell. I could also see you having a bouncer at the entrance to your funeral and like like a club line what? outside being like, okay, well, there are too many bitches in here. We need some more dudes. Sorry. We need some more hot yeah. young boys. Sorry, Lauren and Lisa, you're just going to have to wait until the quotas are right. And you can go in. <laughs> it's like a reverse on Vegas where you, you need like five girls for every man. I need five men for every one girl. <laughs> And I walk up and I'm like, I'm here for the funeral. <laughs> Posing as a man? Yeah. They're not gonna, what are they going to do? They're going to make me drop trow? Going to yeah. check me? Uh, that's fine. You <laughs> can come to my funeral, but I don't want you and Mark being all lovey-dovey up on each other. I want you to focus on me. <laughs> Feel we, up me. We did focus on you. Oh, I'm kidding. No, I know. But at my funeral, <laughs> it's all about me. No okay. touching each other. No PDA. That's what I mean. Oh. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Actually, my serious answer is I would just want somebody to lean in and whisper, Bruce Springsteen outlived you. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. I never wanted to live without him anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's true. Sorry. Oh, oh God. I, I, I rue the day that he dies. I don't know how this show will go on. I feel yeah. like I, I really do feel like you're going to have to take like a month off of work for like yeah. everything. You know what? You're not the only person who has said that to me either. Like, what are you going to do when he dies? Multiple people have said this to me. I'm like, well, you're all monsters. Not like I don't think about it. Oh, I think about it. I've already got <laughs> his 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 farewell post in my head that I write on Facebook. Anyway, um, 
let's <laughs> let's move on. I, uh, I have a story here about oh, Laura just texted Elisa and I a photo of a long light bulb <laughs> with the caption "Found your butt plug, Andy." Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you know what? There's no flared base. You'll definitely get that stuck in your butt. Trust me. <laughs> So I'm officially done with Uber. They've they've gone through a lot of shit over the past couple of years, and we all are just kind of like, oh man, they're assholes, they're assholes. But now, personally, I am I am totally fed up. Um, New York Times did this deep dive on how Uber CEO Travis Kalanick he likes to play with fire, as they put it, in terms of getting ahead. He will do anything. He'll he he will try to get away with anything as long as they get ahead. And this article, this great write-up, starts with this story about how Apple caught Uber leaving a cookie on people's phones even after the app was deleted. Now, it's still not clear exactly what they were doing with this. but, But what we do know is that they were leaving a little tracker on the phone when they deleted the app. They claim they did this because drivers in China were taking advantage of new user referrals and it, it gets really technical, but new user referrals and, and creating multiple accounts. So they were trying to stop that from happening. So Apple caught on to them. And here's the kicker. Uber set up a little geofence around Apple headquarters where the cookies would not be left on the phones. So that way, Apple would not see them doing this. And this was against Apple's guidelines, by the way. So Apple finds out about this. And this is the part I love most. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, calls Kalanick into his office and confronts this motherfucker face-to-face about it. (laughs) Tim Cook just says to him, So I've heard you've been breaking some of our rules. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Face-to-face. And then... uh, Tim said, stop it, or Uber's going to be kicked out of the Apple App Store. So, obviously, they stopped it, but I, I think that was a really bad, badass move. I'm just, I'm, this, uh, they've, they've had, um, there have been reports about horrible treatment in the workplace, particularly towards women. I'm done. I'm switching to Lyft full time. Yeah, but really? what about your As new best friend that you met in our Uber the other night? <laughs> Laura is referring to our Uber driver who was an actor in Atlanta and he was promoting his IMDb profile and Instagram page to me while Laura and Mark were cuddling in the back. And he's like, <laughs> follow me on Instagram. Oh, check out my ID, uh, IMDb. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm out of LA and I'm still getting hassled by these wannabe actors. Leave me alone. And he had like 12 followers on Instagram or something. Yeah. Oh, I was like, dude. Mercy. Don't make your profile private. You want to grow your audience? Make your profile public. He's like, oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Anyway. Okay. So, I mean, I don't... The only reason I haven't used Lyft, though, is because I feel like it's not as ubiquitous. I don't see it all over the place. I don't I don't know yeah. that they... I don't... I, I just feel like they're not as, as common and that you have to wait longer for a car, in my experience, because... They have mm. half the number of drivers. Yeah, so Uber is definitely a lot larger. In 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 LA though, Lyft is it feels just as big to me. I'm sure Uber actually is bigger, but it takes no time at all to get a Lyft around here. So it's easy to switch around here. Um, Atlanta, I think I used Lyft once yeah, or twice. Yeah, we have a lot of Lyft drivers here too. Okay. I, I they've been growing and if stories like these continue to come out there was that big hashtag delete uber campaign remember that a few uh-huh. months ago i th- i think um that that actually had an effect on uber because they were getting so many delete account requests that they had to build something new to handle all the all the requests so um a lot of people are switching i think and Look, Lyft, Lyft's also better because they treat their drivers better. If you talk to drivers about Uber, they fucking hate Uber. And one of the big reasons is they don't allow tipping in the app. And once you get used to that in Lyft, you use it pretty commonly. And drivers, mm-hmm. myself included, you make some good extra money tipping within the app. So I say hashtag delete Uber. And I call on my followers to do the same. Not my followers. <laughs> listeners to do the same. My followers. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you don't, Millennial is installing a cookie on your phone. And we're going to track you. 
What makes you think we're not already doing that? Good. Andrew has like fucking disciples and shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's like establishing a lift religion. (laughs) (laughs) Lift is rising. Thou shalt tip. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, What else do we have to talk about today? Should I do this one, Alex Jones? I just want to mention this briefly. Okay, yeah, go ahead. We spoke about him on the last episode. He's in court uh, in a custody battle with his ex-wife. And uh, we talked about how uh, how his lawyer claimed that he was a performance artist. Don't watch his show, the lawyer said to the judge, because he's a performance artist. What he's saying and doing on there, that's not the real him. He's capable of owning a child, of having custody of a child. <laughs> owning, <laughs> owning a child. <laughs> <laughs> So, so since then, the testimony has gotten really embarrassing. At one point, he was unable to recall the names of his children's teachers, and he blamed the inability to remember on a bowl of chili he had eaten that morning. What? Yeah. Yeah, a literally. Bowl of, how does a bowl of chili give you amnesia? I don't know. Is it some sort of, like, pooping joke? Like, he was so distracted, he can't... He can't <laughs> by by his need to take a dump that he couldn't remember the names i don't know Maybe anyway he was pushing so hard he gave himself an aneurysm and forgot yeah there you go he also has said during his testimony that he spo- smokes pot yearly quote to monitor its strength which is how law enforcement does it end quote what so yeah yeah uh so he's said a bunch of weird things as he fights for custody of his child but the chili thing was just amazing. Like, just shows you how freaking wacko this guy is. Yeah, I, I was telling you, Andrew, that this reminded me of the Twinkie defense of um, what's-his-face, yeah. that guy who killed Harvey Milk, and he said it was because he'd been eating a diet of Twinkies. It mm-hmm. drove him crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty embarrassing. Anyway, this guy is fake as hell, and it's horrible. Um, AP choice... We didn't get a lot of submissions. We got one, and we're going to do it right now. This is from Sean. He says simply, super salad. Oh, soup all the way. Soup, Salad. Totally salad. Ew. I love salads. Uh, Yeah, I guess they're okay. But do you put dressing on them? Then they're uh, as unhealthy as a unicorn frappuccino. Yeah, well, I'm okay with that. I, oh. I love I love Caesar salads, so I'll have them all the time. <laughs> okay. Unless you can make a Caesar soup, then I'm I'm out. All right. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, well, I like a good tomato soup. Mm-hmm. Mm. With grilled cheese. Mmm. Mm. Drizzle it all over Mark's body and lick it off of him. You mm. know, I I'm starting to wonder what happened when I went to the bathroom. We made out. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. I just wish you had told me. <laughs> well, that does it for this week's episode of Millennial. But coming up in After Dark today, Elisa, what do we got? So I wanted to talk about this hidden from the headline story about Dow Chemical. They donated a million dollars to Donald Trump's inaugural campaign. And now... Coincidence, they're asking him for a policy favor that could lead to the destruction of, you know, 1,800 endangered species. Just a small thing, no big deal. Wanted to talk about that and connect that a little bit with the March for Science. And we got a surprising number of emails over the past week and a half asking for our advice. Why? I don't know, but we're ready to give them some terrible advice. So we're going to go through a few of those, too. Awesome. It'll be a fun way. You can visit and listen to After Dark by going to patreon.com slash millennial. And by the way, there's that handy RSS feed you get when you pledge. You can add it to your podcasting app, and then you can listen to After Dark, hashing it out, and any other audio content we release through your podcasting app, just like you do the show. So it's super easy, and it was really great that Patreon introduced this feature. Of course, you can get in on the surprise bitch fun. Also have access to our new voicemail line patreon.com slash millennial 
That is it for us today. I'm Andrew Sims. Thanks again for listening. We'll leave you with Bill and a cutoff of his new album. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Four, three. There's no words on tomorrow. We'll do it live. I've never seen that. Fucking thing sucks. There's no words there. There's no there's no there's no words on tomorrow. We'll do it live. I've never seen that. Fucking thing sucks. There's no words there. I don't know. 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 I don't know what go. Go. I can't do it. Thanks again for watching. There's no there's no words on it.